Hello. Hello. <laughs> How is everyone doing tonight? Hi, you're listening to the Right About Now Poetry Podcast. My name is Davis Land, and this week we are featuring Arathi Warrior. She's from Austin, Texas, and has been on the UT Spitshine team since 2012, the 2013, and 2014 They Speak Youth Poetry teams, and has performed at places like Brave New Voices and Cupsy. So we are so excited to have her here on Right About Now today. To the earring hook, to the threatening phone call, to the penis to the white people with their hands in my food, to the 11-hour Netflix binge, to the men and their eyes, to the white people and their jokes, to the sinking ship of my brain, to everything that has tried to kill me, I am alive. There, I wrote it down so it's true. I am still kissing sunshine and crying about everything. I am growing extra skins all the time here. This is the birth of a kingdom. Here is my body, a wilting orchestra, an ornate baby deer. Here is seven-year-old me with the loudest laugh in the room. Here is 20-year-old me opening to the very marrow so even during the breakdown all the God can shine through to the body that keeps going until it doesn't, to the bitch demons collecting in my lower back, to the scatter, to the thoughts coiling tightly and unwinding within seconds to the anxious breath I am taking you back this body that spent years believing itself ugly believing itself a burial ground for the native tongue a small sacrifice for anyone else's convenience this mind this voice these hands I will never lose these again it is impossible to wrench me from the liquid ache of my love from my many selves I am bringing all the woman I am into every room I enter and I am afraid learning not to be ashamed, learning to let go of people who only want temporary from me, of the jealousy creeping up vine-like and crippling, of the restless dance my bones fall prey to, of the unhinging worry, of tension, of time, I am standing at the precipice, terrified. Everything is moving and I jump bound, leap, fall, come up for air days later. Even my thoughts threaten to spiral and dissolve. I keep moving forward. This is the punch back, a reckoning with every big, beautiful thing in the coming years. I am born again daily and growing into current and tree root and the space where the soil marries the sky. One day, I plan to keep only the good things to adorn myself in nothing but glitter, to fall in love with the naked flesh, the generous pulse. One day, I plan to love so loudly, my body abandons every demon harvesting me, to anything that will ever try to kill me, to the heaviness that will come, I am alive. There, I wrote it down so it's true. Jane Eyre sits in my bedroom window and calls on my gods, asks them to give up their pretense, their inelegant grasp on my people, does not have time to waste on saving the heathens in India, cannot be bothered by how soft a body goes when the faith is dragged dragged out of it by the crust and clay of a goddess crumbling into earth, a church built over the disappearance. She is too busy forming her own legacy 
teaching generations of white women how to be independent, how to forget a nation wasting away and its women, how to remember your own worth instead, call that feminism. My grandmother's grandmother watches her own fingers turn skeleton, then ash, as the British thunder by on horseback, steal her daughter's tongues, bodies, worship, praise, dance, does not remember her last lover's face does not remember anything from before this era in which everything from your temple to your dirt can be taken, continues to keep house, to wash and cook and hold a family on her back and in her body called sacrilege, called savage, called stain, lives a love so fierce, six generations later, it is still beating. Have any of y'all read um, Jane Eyre? Yeah, I read that novel in high school and was like really inspired and I was like, this is such a feminist novel. And then I, uh, a year later I was like, this novel is really racist. <laughs> so that's why I wrote that poem. <laughs> Just continuing on with that idea, you know, women, women are great. Um, I'm a huge feminist, I'm a huge feminist. Uh, and all the women I know make things. Make curry, make love, make magic. All the women I know are storytellers, sword swallowers, secret agents. What am I but a wandering woman, splitting streets with all my recklessness, cracks filling with every river I've carried, all this water I can't seem to let go of until the whole town is flooded, and even then my nonsense mouth is not satisfied, chattering all the time, trying to make forever and a lifeboat out of every stranger I meet. Thank you. Um, okay, so, so I've been slamming for a couple years, right? And when I first, like, when I first turned 18, I wrote this poem um, because, so I just turned 18 and, like, people were starting to refer to me as a woman and, like, not a girl and, like, as an adult, and I didn't know what that meant. Um, I'm, still, I'm still a woman, like, very much trying to figure out my own womanhood and, like, trying to come into my own. Um, and I wrote this poem a couple years ago, and I think I'm in a different place with it now. I'm 20 now. Um, I just turned 20, which is very exciting. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. So I'm in a different place with it, but it is something that I think is really important. And uh, Safi asked if I could do this poem tonight. Um, this is the first poem that I ever got on a stage and like cried while I was doing it. Um, I'm not saying I'm gonna cry right now, y'all. Calm down. I'm just saying the first time I read this poem, <laughs> the first time I read this poem, I definitely was crying. Um, and it's a really important piece to me, and I hope y'all, uh, I hope you'll like it. The day I turned 16, I wrote all my expectations on little slips of paper, tied them to the legs of doves, and released them. I kept trying to get to empty, but I was full to the brim with womanhood. I lit candles with my tears and soon the whole room smelt of disappointment. Ancient angry tribes of Indian warrior queens would not let me be. They danced in my ears screaming, you are not slain, stand up and be woman. I called them all liars and went back to bed. There are parts of me I can't put makeup on. I can't dress up weakness and unnecessary aggression in pale pink and teal hues. I can't make my vagina not a vagina, but God, I hope it's more than just a pussy. There is ugly here, 
and sooner or later they all smell it. It's funny how you can be too feminine or not feminine enough and the sharks will still come for your blood. There are people in my life who have pinched my eyeballs purple, blurred vision and bruising. I never know where I'm going. How do you woman? How do you woman? How do you woman? How do you Barbie doll and bad bitch? How do you innocent virgin in the eyes and naughty slut in the mouth? One time when I was 14, I passed for 22. Now I'm almost there, barely 20, all Bambi bones and big old Bambi eyes, naive hips and lips and a baby smile, trying not to let my wobbly legs shake, still learning to be a big girl. They taught me how to please a man, how to reduce belly fat, eradicate acne. They taught me how to tell a good woman from a bad one, but they never taught me how to say no. My mouth still shrinks from the strength of that word. They never taught me how to feel love. So now when a chauvinist drops from chivalry, my heart still skips a beat. How do you domestic? Honestly, I still have a hard time taking hot things out of the microwave. How do you domestic when it turns out he doesn't want a wife, just a pet? How do you domestic? My body will never be strong enough to be the consequences of someone's misplaced anger. No one should ever have to be strong enough for that. Since day one, they've been teaching me how the heart of a man beats like a lion's. I've learned I must dance to it, live for it. I've learned how to feel his hot breath at my neck and call it romance. I've learned there will be a day when his teeth meet flesh, sink down to gorge on Bambi bones with relish. When this day comes, I must learn to close my eyes and enjoy the consumption. I don't know if that's the kind of woman I want to be. I haven't quite figured out what it means to be so soft, constantly watched, to understand all their expectations and then fail beautifully. I'm just a baby, a scared girl learning to be woman. There's a tornado of expectations rattling in my chest, telling me I must first learn to be. That was a really hard poem for me when I first wrote it, and it's, it's come easier with time, uh, but it's definitely something that I think, I don't want to speak for all women, but I feel like that's something that all women go through when they first realize what, what it means. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, cool, so on to my really smooth segue. I am a dancer um, as well as a poet. I'm trained in a, a form of dance called Bharatanatyam. It is a classical Indian dance form. Um, and to me, like, all these things inform each other. Like, everything is a form of storytelling to me. Um, and dance and poetry are like, they're the same thing to me. Uh, and really quick, some background for y'all. Uh, Bharatanatyam has a really interesting history in India. It, um, it used to be performed by these women, or these dancers called Devadasis, uh, and that translates to like servants of God, and they literally, they danced in temples. Um, their job was very holy, it was very divine, it was really important. Uh, and then, you know, colonialism fucked everything up, and just, ah, uh, still mad, 200 years later. Not even, what, I'm sorry, that's a damn lie, it hasn't been. India got independence in 1948, it has been less than 100 years, I'm still mad about it. 
Um, when the when the British came, there was a huge uh, campaign against Indian art. So much so that a lot of kings started removing their patronage. A lot of the Devadasis uh, were not able, like, weren't able to afford dancing anymore, um, and a lot of them fell into prostitution, which led to like this huge uh, shaming and stigma against both the dancers and the dance form. And it actually only got revived in like the 30s or 40s. Um, so <laughs> you're welcome for that history lesson. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm. This is a poem about that. Once, I was a dancer for the gods, celestial being, blessing personified, wearing the moon and stars, space ran in rivulets, my hair shining, my limbs making love to the divine, every move cosmic. Once, white men stole my country, faceless in my dreams, Machine rifle men, vast and cold in their approach, could not see we were storytellers, could not see anything. Indian art eclipsed until the kings withdrew their money. Once, my sisters and I gave ourselves up. No work left as dancers, sold our bodies instead. A galaxy of everyone else's shame. Our daughters still dance have given in to the rigid, bodies turned geometric shapes. I visit my ascendants, a light become the last dying star in their souls, release the constellations in them, swing their hips, lunar light playing on the curve, feel them become free, dancing for the gods. You can find Arthi's chapbook, What the Water Said of Love, online at arthiwarrior.com. There will be a link to that in the show description. I highly recommend you check it out and support your poet today. beginning, there was my love. This birthed anger, which became wild laughter, which became a spark, then the whole funeral pyre, then the burning stink in the back of a greedy man's throat. All I remembered of my love was the stench, how it was always spilling out of me too much at all the wrong times. This is the wrong lesson. All I know of love is what I learned from my mother's voice. After my missed flight, day stuck in the airport and 14-hour plane trip to Dubai, her phone call to me was the sun rising in her throat. This is a constant reminder that she is still tender, that despite all of our flaws, love is our best thing. Our survive and spit and shine 
My love has a bite. The boy who taught me about bite was an insolent white boy trying on manhood who lived next door. He was all tongue and hands, all, all truth or dare at home, ignore me at school. I watched as he and then a series of wolves pretending to be boys, pretending to be men, came for my sister. My sister, who is the strongest person I know, used to hit as hard as the boys, used to be all shit talk and loud laugh. She has learned a quiet rage lets her desires fall into silence and fills the empty with dirty bath water. My sister, like my mother, has hips like rolling waves. My sister, like me, has been afraid of her own wilderness. I learned from her how to become a ghost woman, lose all the bones in my body, wipe the ugly from between my legs, and smile. It was so easy to forget the ocean inside me, to pretend I was a dirty thing, nothing to give or keep, stay 12 and believing in my own ugly, 16 and desperate for another person's mouth, to fear my anger as destructive, not as the daughter of this worthwhile love. I watch women bend and break and become blood on bathroom floor and my love reigns so hard, is an endless shoreline, the best thing I have to offer, tells me my body is a place of magic and bubbles too sacred for every greedy man's touch tells me to stay angry, stay full, stay all heart. Tells me love is the only reason I have stayed brave, that the world will not make a ruin of my soft when my body is a testament to my love. When everything I do is my love, then even on days when I am dried out and have nothing, I have this. So, all right, speaking of love, right? Has anyone ever been um, in a long distance relationship? Those are rough, right? Okay, so <laughs> this poem is uh, based off a painting that I saw in a class once. And let me tell you, I obviously cannot show you the painting, so let me tell you about the painting really quickly. It was essentially, what you need to know is that it was painted by a man named Ravi Varma, who is a painter from Kerala, which is a state I'm from in India, so you know, shout out to the homeland. Um, Essentially, it is a woman who is staring at a swan, and the story that my teacher told me is that this woman lived in one city, and her husband presi presided in another city, and this was way back when, so they didn't have any way to like be texting, or Skyping, or G-chatting, or Facebook chatting, or, um, you know, there's a lot of ways now to communicate. They communicated by sending love letters um, through this swan. So this is called... Instructions to the woman in the painting staring at the swan who was flying to her lover. Stop looking so wistful. Take your face out of your hands. Burn your name into the swan. Blush a deep pink. Pinker than your Saudi blouse. Pink enough to embarrass everyone who sees you. Swallow every sad word. They only grow sharper as they soar. Burn your name into your tongue. Do not break the pillar behind you. Do not hate your hands. Press the lotus flower on the ground against your neck. Put it in your hair. You're becoming something soft, something pink. Burn the last bit of pride in you. There is no room for ego on this swan's back. Remember that you cannot become the swan. Become the trees behind you. Reach for the pink sky. Your lover is under the same one. You and your lover are the blushing sky. All the give and hold and carry all the promise the setting sun makes that it will return tomorrow.
Thank you. This is for my mom. You are young, maybe six or seven, and your mother is working her fingers through your hair, massaging oil through the depths of it. She does not quite understand gentle, more interested in detangling and smoothing than in how tender-headed you may be so you learn not to be. Your mother yells at you in front of all your cousins when you start scratching at your head. She warned you not to get lice in that thick head of hair. She pours copious amounts of rid onto your scalp, berating you, careless girl. Your mother fixes your hair for your first dance performance. A legion of bobby pins perches in your hair. You are quiet, still, the opposite of yourself. You develop never-before-seen patience as you wait to become beautiful. Your mother braids your hair every chance she gets, keeps it manageable. You learn to braid it yourself, but still ask her to do it because you can never get it to look quite like she can. Your mother threatens to shave your head if you don't learn to take care of your hair. You know she never will because she cut it short when you were in the third grade and you both hated it. You chop off your hair at 16 and your mother begs you to never do it again. Your mother collects hair products, presents you with new ways to keep your hair frizz-free and shining every time you come home from college. Your mother's hands are tired. She asks you to warm up the oil. You sit at her feet. The warmth loosens your mane from the root, and she works her way through it, marveling at all of the hair. That one's for my mom and my hair. I have really thick hair. Um, I got one more poem for you guys. Um, so this is a poem. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, a really, I'm really all about love. That's really what I stand for 100% of the time. Um, and so this is a poem uh, in honor of that. I watch her through the computer as she sings the song. From over 900 miles away, her perfect mouth changes shape to form each word in a language I don't know, but in some other life, understand. She is teaching me something about love, but also about staying still, how to be born again in this new world of someone else's voice. Her mouth, bursting songs and dialects, know so much of the country you both come from. It is safe to close my eyes here, fall asleep in the static, the crackle of her voice over Skype. She is building me a home right now, one we will need in the months to come when we begin the painful business of coming out to our parents, say the sacred words, watch them turn dirty, trade lineage for our truth. I carve moment into stone, light the lamp, offer it up to the highest power. I watch her sing the song Turn her volume up, forget every word I've ever known except the ones coming out of her mouth. There is no God or sin or prayer, just her. If it's true that the body is a temple, hers is the only one I care to pray at. 
She sings, and a temple bell replaces my heartbeat. My whole body is the bell, her voice is ringing me. She sings, and my whole family is under one roof again. I know what home means, I know my body again, I haven't lost anything. She sings, and my skin is exactly the right shade, and I know how to speak. She sings like she's correcting my pronunciation, or cooking me paneer, like if she doesn't do it right, we might never make it home. We resurrect every past life when we are lucky enough to touch. I know we have always known each other, have been a great love story before, met a thousand years ago on the banks of the Ganga, from the peak of her, on the peak of Nanda Devi, in the last life, or maybe this will happen in the next one. Fell in love with her for the first time in Mumbai, at the bay, watching the water, hoping it'll take us take us, take us somewhere where we don't have to worry about what our grandmothers will say. Somewhere where the parched distance peels and turns to dust and nothing is said over a computer. She has found the soil of me, touched her lips against mango, now everyone is learning the smell of us. Somewhere where we open up the years of destruction. I scrape away her sixth grade bullies, she makes a serpent of my quiet tongue. Somewhere where we can be Sodernum, and even millions of years from now, our bodies are shining with each other's ritual, and we are the last ones, and we are still singing. Thank you. that was Arathi Warrior on the Right About Now Poetry Podcast. You can buy her books online at arathiwarrior.com. And you can find Right About Now on all sorts of social media platforms as at one poetry. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Those really help us out in the long run. They push us kind of up the charts so that we get noticed more in the search results. And of course, that's something everybody wants so we can keep doing this thing and keep bringing awesome poetry to your ears every week you can find me davis land at davisland.info on the internet and you'll find all sorts of links to other stuff there have a good week and we'll see you next time